welcome to episode 47 of the Adelaide Rising podcast, where your hosts, Sarah and Doc and Adam. In this episode, we're going to be discussing Death of the Inhumans number one and Ms. Marvel number 31. Um, howdy, boys. Glad to have you back, Doc. Thank you. Sorry to have been gone for so long. Yeah, we, we missed you. It was, um, it was difficult. It was difficult times. <laughs> it was. <laughs> like, uh, it was. <laughs> I appreciate that. It was yeah, it was genuinely uh, difficult to prepare for an episode because we don't. I, I I never write anything down particularly. It wasn't until I realised you had to last week. So yeah, yeah. well I, we I did it though. Oh, I'm, yeah, and and a great job you did. I, I'm not as necessary as you may think. Uh, oh, no, you yes, are. You are. <laughs> you are. The, we are. You are the integral. Well, I picked an odd system. time. I picked an odd time to go to go rogue because there's a lot going on in the world. Yeah, yeah, there is, and we're also now three episodes away from our fiftieth episode and two years having the podcast, which is which is amazing, really. Yeah, episodes. Uh, which that'll be good. I mean, uh, maybe we'll try and have to try and coincide fiftieth episode with something good, like I don't know, the Marvel Rising movie. I I don't know. I mean. <laughs> Depends when it all comes out, I suppose. Uh, I don't think that comes out till September or October, doesn't it? Or is it November? It's one of those fall. Oh. comes out in the fall sometime. I don't know. Autumn. Yeah. comes out in autumn. It has not been specified. No, or, I think true. it has been. I just don't remember when. But um, have you seen the trailer yet for that, Doc? Well, I sure have, and it was terrific. Um, I mean, from what I can tell, uh, mostly... What I've seen centered on Miss Marvel and Squirrel Girl. Um, the team with, of the you, know, you saw uh, bits and pieces of the other characters. Um, the only characters I did not see were Captain Marvel and Inferno. But I imagine they're in there somewhere. Yeah. yeah Looking I mean, forward to it. I'm, I'm hoping that they will kind of appear after... I, I assume... Well, I mean, Inferno appeared in the last issue of... Um, uh, that. What's it called? Marvel, uh, Marvel, Marvel Rising. Rising. Yep, that's the one. Uh, so I'm hoping they're kind of... <laughs> they all, they're kind they all of have some... bizarre titles. Yeah. Well, that would be Marvel Rising, <laughs> Squirrel Girl, and Marvel Miss Marvel number one. And we'll just throw in Alpha Omega in there, too. Yeah, but you, you know what? The, we were discussing this last episode, Doc. You know what the next issue's called, don't you? Well, that is Squirrel Girl and Miss Marvel. The one that we just had was Miss Marvel and Squirrel yeah. Girl. Yeah, it's the fact that... They switched it around? Why? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Just, uh, okay, well. well. We'll have to ask. Uh, or Gamma I don't know. We'll have to ask uh, Devin Grayson about it when we have her on the show. Ooh. Hope that good. happened. Yes. <laughs> that would that'd be great. Um, speaking of cool things, I went to a mm. Comic Con today. And you have Con Crud? Uh, but yeah, it sounds like it. Plus, I, to be fair, I have been up for like 18 hours now at this point. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't normally do. Um, You're a trooper, Adam. But but I met uh, Dan Slot. He was there. Oh wow! He he is he is genuinely the nicest person you will ever meet. Like yeah, that's good to hear. So so I I, I still I was standing in line and um, I was with um, Nicola from the We Have a Hulk pod- uh, podcast, um, and, uh, and and we were just in the queue talking about stuff. I looked around me. And everybody had Amazing Spider-Man comic books, so I was like, 
I feel really awkward being like the only one with the Iron Man comic book in my hand. <laughs> so it's kind of it's, it's kind of really cool. That I went out to him and I was like, "Hey, you know, Iron, Iron Man's uh, really really good." Um, and then I said to him, "You know, the thing I'm most looking forward to is um, Fantastic Four. And uh, you know, he said um, to anybody in the London area uh, on the day that uh, Fantastic Four issue one comes out, he will actually be signing um, books in Forbidden Planet in London. Oh, so you know, I, problem is I've, I've taken right around the corner, right? Yeah, so it'll be a week on Wednesday. So literally, well, this this episode will be released on Wednesday, so it'll be a week's time to when this is released. Oh, uh, I think August 4th, right? Um, I think so. Yeah, or or 6th, I can't remember. No, 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 not even close. 8th. 8th. The 8th, the 8th of August. Wow. I can't wait for that. I know you're a big Iron Man fan, so I was wondering if you enjoyed the first two issues that that uh, that Slot has, uh, Mister Slot has uh, written so far. Well, I've, I've read the first issue. Um, I'm because my, because of the way my subscriptions fall, I haven't read the second issue yet. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, and I really enjoyed it. I thought that. Um, so basically, a couple of weekends ago, I spent the entire weekend trying to catch up on comic books. And I had about a hundred in my to read list. Um, and I got through them all, and I finished in, in, uh, Invincible Iron Man by Bendis, uh, which was actually really good. I quite enjoyed that. Um, and then Slot comes in and sort of take comes on from that, and I think it's yeah, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a really good run, I think. But I'm most looking forward to Fantastic Four. So that'll be Copy fun. that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, like like you said, Doc. I mean, you're the you're the one that kind of persuaded me to get it. So <laughs> yeah. If I don't like it, it's well, I hope you. you don't be, I hope you're not disappointed then, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm sure I won't be. I think, um, you know, we were talking about uh, Amazing Spider-Man and stuff, and Slot did so much good on that. Um, I, I don't particularly like Spider-Man as a character, but, you know, that's by the by, but oh. apparently he did really good on, uh, on, on, the, on the run. So, 180-odd issues, apparently. That's a lot of issues. Yeah. Yeah, so which is why obviously I felt a little bit out of place because compared to 180, uh... he was probably happy to see. It was probably a nice change of pace to not sign a Spider-Man book. Yes, I, I think so... so. I mean, the thing was, I stood in line and somebody came along and was like, "Oh yes, it's a maximum of ten items." And there was people there just like with ten issues of the issue 800 of Amazing Spider-Man. I'm just like, "Yeah, we're gonna be waiting <laughs> a little while." So, yeah. But the funny thing is, he was late because um, he, uh, he he was he getting... was doing photo ops with Doctor Who. Yes. He was posting them on Instagram. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's the reason he was late, and it was really, it was like it was like somebody kept coming along and changing the time, and it was just brilliant. Um, yeah, he's he's such a nice guy though. I I if you ever get the chance to meet him, go and do it because yeah, it's brilliant. Very well, good. kids, I think we've. Uh... Put off the gloom and doom as long as we can. Yeah. Yeah. It's time for the beginning of the the end. The Fantastic Four solicits gave me some hope, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah, not great hope. (laughs) Not great hope, but a little inkling of hope. Okay, let me hold on to it. Well, it's the death of the Inhumans. First issue of five. um, With the co-conspirators of Donny Cates. Ariel Alovetti and Jordi Bellier. 
Um, oh, Jordi Belard. I didn't realize she was the colorist on this. Oh, yeah, that's why the art's so good. Well, not that <laughs> Ariel's good, but when you put Jordi Belard, yeah, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, the story begins with a quick brush-up on the history of the Inhumans, um, a refresher for those readers not as well aware of all the history and backstory, um, those who were a bit more new to the story. Um, centuries ago, the Kree were very much in the midst of their millennia-long war with the Skrulls, and desperate to devise a new weapon to use against the Skrull, the Kree scientists traversed the galaxy in search of planets with life in their more nascent stages, and they gathered samples of these life forms and conducted genetic alterations, combining the DNA of these beings with genetic material derived from the cosmic deities known as the Celestials. The byproduct was a group of powerful hybrid races that came to be called the Inhumans. Before the Kree could unleash these new weapons on their scroll adversaries, an ancient prophecy was discovered among the Cree uh, academics or whatnot. This prophecy foretold that the Empire would be torn asunder and brought down by a being of their own making. And in light of this, the Cree decided to end their experiments and destroy the progeny of their meddling. All the races, all the inhuman races were culled, except for uh, a few that managed to avoid destruction. This included the inhumans of the Centauri system, those of the Badoon homeworld, those of Wrathworld, those of the Chimillions, and finally the Inhumans of Earth. Well, that was then, and much has changed for the Empire since then. Okay, so the war with the Skrull came to an end. Uh, there was a new war against the Shire. Um, their planet was destroyed by the creatures empowered by the Black Vortex. The, the Kree were scattered to to different refugee settlements across the Cosmo. The Empire was a sliver of what it once was, and the time for fearing ancient prophecy seems to have long passed. A new power has risen among the ranks of the scattered Kree, a power that will stop at nothing to return the Empire to its former glory, and to achieve this end, forces have been dispatched to gather what they view as their property. The Inhumans were bred to be dutiful slaves and deadly weapons for the Kree, and the forces sent to recruit the humans have gone about their duty with absolute brutality. Choice, the choice forced upon these inhumans was simple and deadly. Fall in line with the Empire or perish. Join or die. Dun, dun, dun. It's like the greatest introduction so, to a book ever. Yeah. Join or die. So, somehow, the inhumans of uh, Earth have become aware uh, of... Uh, what's been happening, that all of the unaffiliated humans of the five tribes have been uh, killed and culled in this bloody campaign, and they travel to Novahala to sort of have a confab and discuss things with the other members of the universal humans. Um, and uh, they go to this planet, and King Black Bolt takes note that dozens of humans who have already perished in the initial salvo... Oh, wait, never mind uh, last scene. Uh, well, I don't. You know, it's kind of weird because suddenly Black Bolt seems like he's in charge again. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so we we'll, we don't really know what. It, I mean, what really is the case is that uh, Kate's Mister Kate's had um, uh, conceived the whole idea well before 
the events that took place in the Royals and probably even IVX. IVX. So um, he's in charge. He comes in there, and um, Gorgon's there too. We don't know how he got back, but well, wasn't he back at the end of? No, at the end no. of the Royals. Yeah, he, he was, was, he was still on but progenitor world. Although okay. there is there is a really weird detail, um, which is in that in, in page. I don't know what page it is. What is it? Page nine of the issue. You've got like that little small um, sort of. Uh, board bit, I can't remember, I don't know what they call panel, that's it. And it's just got Gorgon as a shadow. And I don't know whether that's right. just an you know, just sort of artist like artistic license or what, but it just seems a bit odd that he's a shadow. <laughs> it's like huh? It's too far away to come in to focus. Yeah, maybe. But it looks like Medusa and Black Bolt are together again too. Yes. It's uh, you, you just kind of have to uh, assume that something happened between the end of Judgment Day and the beginning of this, that uh, Gorgon came back, uh, Black Bolt reassumed leadership, uh, he and Medusa rekindled their their, their relationship, and uh, we'll go on from there. Um, just comic books, anyway. guys. Comics books. Comic books. Right. There we go. Exactly. They arrive on Novahala to a gruesome sight. All the uh, the entirety of the universe of the city of Novahala has been um, destroyed, and the f- four queens of, of the universal humans have been murdered. Their bodies strung up um, with uh, you know join or die uh, once yeah, more. Yeah, it's gruesome. It's it's really tough because those were some fun characters. Uh, Especially the one that looks like a horse. Yeah, um, he's missing it, an arm it, now. It's gruesome. Yes, it's tough. Um, and their legs. Uh, so, and and it, uh, Triton notices that at least one of the victims is still clinging to life. Um, he, uh, uh, this this is a Badoon based human who possesses psychic power, and she uses a skill to tr- to show Triton what had happened. Uh, Triton relays what he sees in the second vision. The, inver- the Universal Queens had um, appraised the threat facing the people and ultimately chose, chose to join the Kree. Um, a, a monstrous lieutenant of the Kree, uh, who we now know is uh, Vox. Um, he wasn't interested in these queens nor their people. It was Black Bolt whom he is interested in, who he wants, and he slaughtered everyone there uh, Merely as a means to send a cruel and daunting message, um, you know, up yours. Uh, and as Triton, as Triton tries to ease the pain of the sole survivor, he notices that a device has been attached to her side. He, he quickly detects it as a trap, an incendiary bomb, and it's too late. And he uses his last breath uh, to save the others, and the bomb detonates, and poor Triton is obliterated. Uh, Medusa is also gravely wounded by the shrapnel. So, just like that, you know, with the first quarter of the issue, Triton's down. Alas, poor fish stick. It's uh, <laughs> really rough. Um, there's not much time to mourn their follow their their fallen cousin. Um, if the Cree had known of the secretive conference, then their next move is clearly to lay siege to the inhuman citadel of New Arctillon. They rush back. Um, 
in a desperate effort to make it to Earth's moon, knowing that they'll likely be too late. The narrative then uh, switches back to Arctillon, where it's re revealed that the royals are indeed too late. Uh, Kree forces have laid siege to the city, led by this monster Vox, and uh, is not quite sure what he is. Um, he was like a kind of like a Frankenstein's monster. He seems to have many of the the powers. He's got an of, inverted. Uh, he's got an inverted tuning fork too. He's, yeah, he's got an inverting, inverted tuning fork, and he uh, has a, a scythe, that, and he's quite uh, skinny um, and lithe. He looks like the Grim Reaper combined with... Um, uh, Black Bolt. Black yeah. Bolt, but, but actually the, uh, the Earth-X version of Black Bolt. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's um, apparently. I think, uh, I think we discussed this, uh, like you know, a few few episodes ago when we were sort of speculating it. It is quite weird how how much he does look like the Earthx. Uh, was it uh, Black Knight? Isn't it in Earthx? That's right. Yeah. Now, from what I've heard, uh, someone someone uh, sent me a note saying that um, there there is the Don that Keats. I guess he was on a, a some other podcast. Um, saying that there, there really is no connection to the EarthX universe. He just really liked the design, and actually had asked Alex Ross permission to make a homage to it. Oh, that's um, cool. That's nice. So, yeah. Huh. Well, this guy, well, that while that's cool, this guy Vox is not cool. He is just cutting through <laughs> in humans and among uh, the known dead that we see is poor Naja. What loved uh, yeah. Sterlion, uh, the and and Glasslass, and then we see him get, just just cut through. Uh, poor uh, Flagman, he just gets zipped. Yeah. Um, so it's like those guys are down, and finally Vox finds an adversary a little bit more on par with his deadly ability as a big old laser blast fires off and sends him careening. Maximus is there. He introduced himself, sitting atop the royal throne, holding a ridiculously large rifle. Um, it just reminds me of Coulson you know, at the end of Avengers. Right, he's like, right, he's right. Like, oh, So that's what that does. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. Now, where, where is... Uh, oh, oh, and just then... Um, uh, oh, oh, so he had... This guy, Vox, had been using his scythe at most of the time. But it's, it turns out that he had a much more a powerful weapon at his disposal, and his little like face mask opens, and he releases an energy beam of some sort that's very similar to uh, Black Bolt's sonic powers, and it just shoots out and completely dissolves Maximus's arm. Um, it's uh, quite something. Um, now, meanwhile. The uh, the royal family's vessel is, is, is cruising back towards the moon, um, and he uh, uh, they're like we're not going to get there in time, uh, and so Medusa, although injured, uh, suggests that Black Bolt must you know, use his powers to to get them there faster. So he goes down to the aft section of the vessel and he he straps himself into this ch this chair and then uses his voice to create this big sonic boom that fires the ship forward at an incredible uh, speed. Um, before, not long, they're close 
to, they're close enough to, to the moon that Lockjaw can teleport ahead. He does so, and, in, and he appears just in time to save the wounded Maximus from certain death. Uh, Lockjaw fights valiantly, but in the end, he is no match for for this guy's power. And uh, once more, this villain unleashes his sonic abilities, and it appears as though both Maximus and Lockjaw are killed. Um, Come on, guys. That's, Black Bolt, that's, that's not... That's, that's... Probably not the case, surely. Come on, guys. Let's be serious. Come on. <laughs> the battle is over by the time the royal vessel finally makes it to Arctilla. The city's in ruins. Subjects are dead. Black Bolt and the others can only take in the destruction and mourn. Uh, looking in this over the site, Black Bolt cannot, be, cannot help but be re- reminded of the human tale of the Roman Empire, about a great and powerful nation that was built over the course of generations and then burned in only a day. And it's on this somber note that this first rather bloody issue comes to a conclusion to be continued in the next installment. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, that was it was a pretty brutal yeah. read, wasn't it guys? I mean that Yeah. <sighs> yeah. But it looks like like they weren't even I don't know. <laughs> I'm hoping that, that Lockjaw's teleporting them out. Well, well the thing than... is, the thing is, right, in, in the last issue of Marvel Rising, um, they introduced me to the concept of Chekhov's gun. And I was like, <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm actually... I'm... <laughs> it wasn't Chekhov who introduced the notion? No, no, it was, uh, yeah, no, it was that comic book. Right. I'd never heard of the term before, but I, I just think that why would they do that? It's, it's totally a bait and switch, right? It's... You know, I, I called it with um, the end of Uncanny and Humans. I'm going to call it with this one. It's a bait and switch. Well, it's an interesting thing because the the effect of uh, Vox's sonic power it 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 doesn't it it dissolves things, but it's entirely possible that it also uh, transports them somewhere else. That is true. Uh-huh. Yeah, because if you think about it, he's trying to get them to join or die so right. if he's the one that's going around doing that then potentially you've got you know potentially he's got the power to do that but would you like to hear one of the uh the sillier um suggestions about what vox is or who vox is let's hear it so some people go around suggesting that vox is in fact uh cyclops um sort of being used by the Cree in some way after Death of X. That is quite silly indeed. It, it is, isn't it? I mean, uh, uh, yeah. I think people have taken it from, like, the power that he's got. Um, mm. Just kind of going, oh, yeah, it must be must be Cyclops to enact his vengeance. And it's just like, no, no, it's not. No. Um, it most certainly is not. Um, I, in fact, I think it's uh, adult Cyclops will be making his return in the end of the extinction miniseries uh, I, I don't think he, it's going to be in the end of that I think it's going to be in the beginning of that I hope so well, anyway. But anyway in any case if he, if he does make his return it's certainly not going to be in an Inhumans book no, no. Um, why would it be <laughs> right my guess is that he is a creation of the Kree that he is uh, some sort of uh, uh, patchwork monster that that um, that they've made out of uh, maybe some clone genetic material or whatever, he's 
He's a bad egg, though. Um, yeah. but or where, he's where just is... another Inhuman they made that happens to have powers. Well, he's he's, he's basically the an, the antithesis of of Black, Black Bolt. Bolt. So, you know, you kind of assume that he 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 could be like a clone of Black Bolt. I mean, they've got enough of his family around to make a a clone of him. So, potentially. But whereas he uses his uh, his his scythe to kill off. Um, in humans he seems not that interested in, such as uh, Naja and Flagman, he uses his voice to take out Maximus and, and Lockjaw, both of whom are in humans who I would imagine... Or the royal family. He, well, they're, they're also powerful. They're, they're, they could be incredibly useful weapons if, if the Kree's long-term goal is to uh, reinvigorate their empire... So maybe his voice, I mean, I'm grasping at straws, but maybe his voice doesn't have the power to destroy, but it has the power to transport or to, uh, you know, in some way send them to a limbo that they can be retrieved from. Uh, or, a, or a prison. Yeah. But, because um, I, I have a feeling, I, I don't know whether I've read it correctly or whether I'm just sort of imagining this, but I'm sure I read something about prison in the solicits for next issue or issue three or something like that. Right, I'm going to preview for that, Death of the Inhumans uh, number two, so hold on. Well, in the preview, it's just, uh, it's mostly um, Black Bolt and Crystal. walking around the ruins being, oh yeah, and Crystal. Um, and they all seem pretty bummed out. And It looks as though they sent uh, Karnak off to Hala to negotiate terms. Um, now, how well we that know, goes. <laughs> yeah. We know we know that Karnak is slated to be part of the Marvel Knights uh re relaunch this winter, and we know that uh, Lockjaw is going to be a member of the Marvel Rising Secret Warriors. So there is some glimmer of hope that these characters will Medusa and Crystal are showing up in the fa- Fantastic Four. Yeah. Which could be uh, flashback, but yes. Right. <laughs> well, they they could be, but I I think that I don't. I don't think, think they are because Crystal's got her short hair. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think potentially Dan Slot's probably going to do more with those characters. Yeah, it's basically bringing in all the characters that we either introduced or are part of the Fantastic Four at some point or another. Yeah, so. and um, well, that's the, for that's for the, the third issue. Yeah. The third issue is the Midnight King is not but a wounded prisoner and his family, but lambs to the slaughter. That's the that's like the the summer the solicit for for Death of the Inhumans number three, which is what hmm. uh, September isn't it? Uh, yes, September fifth. Yeah. And then they will plead for help from a distant ally. It will not save them. Huh. Now, my my uh, yeah, that's uh, well, we'll see what happens. In terms of this issue, you know, I disappointed by all the all of my favorite seeing so many of my beloved characters killed but if i can kind of take a step back from that it, it, it's a pretty well written and beautifully illustrated issue um you know i'm not super familiar with uh with donna kate's uh writing i've only read a couple issues of his doctor strange his but star in marvel is rising very yeah. quickly because he's on Venom, and Venom apparently has been amazing. Uh, Cosmic um, Ghost Rider is potentially one of the best books I have read in a long time. 
Like, it is just so... the most weird sci-fi kind of just batshit crazy stuff. <laughs> and it's just... So, okay, Cosmic Ghost Rider's been around for, what, a couple of weeks now, so I, I'm just going to spoil the ending, um, if you guys want me to, at least. Um, it basically has Cosmic Ghost Rider, which is Frank Castle imbued with the power of the Ghost Rider, as well as, like, whatever Norse thing that Th- uh, Odin gave him. And he just rides off into the distance with a baby Thanos um, after trying to kill him. And it's just like, what? <laughs> what is going on here? It's such no, a Donny, yeah, Donny Cates and Matthew Rosenberg and Kelly Thompson. They're going to be the three we need to watch. I'm, I'm hoping Cullen Bunn as well will stay on at Marvel because he's done so yeah, much. Yeah, but cool they're stuff. the three. the three newest ones that just hardly ever have a bad review. Yeah, that's true. And they're new, so yeah. So the things I liked about this issue, um, I, I liked the, his decision to kind of underscore the similarities between uh, the Inhumans and the ancient Roman Empire. I really liked that he had Black Bolt using sign language. Um, yes. Yes. Uh, I also liked that, that um, he took note of the character development that Black Bolt went through in, in the, through the course of his solo series. Um, and I really like the art. Um, yes. Yeah. I like how Everything whenever, else. like, yeah. Vox's color is red. So, like, whenever he's, like, in a scene, like, it just gets all red-tinged. Right. It's really good. Violence, man. It's all violence. Yeah, yes, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm considering going to a, uh, <laughs> another Comic-Con. Um, there's two more I want to go to this year, which is, uh, Bedford Comic-Con and Fort Bubble. Um, because Bedford Comic Con uh, currently has Donny Cates being at that, um, so obviously when it gets close to the time, I'll, I'll see if he is still going to it. But I really want to go and meet him and just kind of like weep in front of him, just like sil- <laughs> silently cry whilst just asking him to sign, um, uh, ask him to sign or everything. Yeah, Cosmic Ghost Rider, uh, definitely well, humans. Then you can ask if he'll be on our show because I keep asking him via Twitter and he never <laughs> responds to me. So I'm assuming he doesn't want to. Yeah, well, no, I don't think he doesn't want to. I think they're all really busy. Um, yeah, oh, I know they are. Yeah. I'm just being a pessimist, but I hope <laughs> we can get him on the show soon. But yeah, and then the other the other big uh, con that I want to go to is um, Fort Bubble, which is where Saladin Ahmed he is going to be at the end of the year. People. You will like him. He's going to oh, be at NYC mean- too. Do you mean Eisner Award winning <laughs> Saladin? Uh, yes, Saladin yeah, I Ahmed. do. That's exactly what I mean. I, I think I think every time we mention Eisner Award winning Saladin Ahmed, we've got to make sure that we mention he won the Eisner Award, uh, and he is now right. Eisner Award winning uh, Saladin Ahmed. Yeah, I think he also may be friends with Eisner Award winning <laughs> Christian Ward. Yeah, I think Eisner winning uh, Eisner Award winning Christian Ward is also going to be at Fort Bubble. Very good. Oh, wow. So yeah, it, it's, go. it's, I, I really want to go up there and um, sort of basically, I, I, uh, Christian Ward signed a load of issue ones of Black Bolt for Forbidden Planet about well a year or so ago. Um, so I want to go and get Saladin's uh, or you know signature next to that one, so I can be like, yeah, I got them both. Ah. Yeah. So, so going on from the doom and gloom that is Death of the Inhumans, although I still have hope that they're not going to die. I'm in denial right now. I feel like it's really not going to be the death of all of them. 
So well, well the thing uh, is, the thing is, okay, this this was sorry, this is what I was going to comment on because um, I don't think I've actually properly looked at what the what it's called. So it's death of the Inhumans, right? Right. Yes. Okay, never mind. Yeah, my, my, yeah, it, yeah, it's gone to shit. Okay. Well, no, I, no, you started. Now you have to keep going with it. Well, because loads of people, uh, like when I go on eBay and stuff, and I, I order the the books, it's death of Inhumans. I was like, well, we've we've had two. That's two Inhumans right there. So that's death of Inhumans, or we've had more than two, obviously. But um, yeah. I was just like you can, you can. It's kind of semantics. I was kind of playing on the semantics, but it's it's a bit dopey. So uh, okay, then we won't play on <laughs> semantics. Yeah. Miss Marvel number thirty-one, which we also skipped over the last time we recorded, Doc, because we figured you'd be all about this one. Oh well, it's a perfect bomb for um, all of the pain that uh, <laughs> that was brought about. Like seriously, um, who would hurt Lockjaw? No one would. That's why he's. That's why he's still alive. Come on, guys. <laughs> Why'd you put an innocent dog? Yeah. I, yeah. It takes a very strange. Uh... Oh, mind well, you, bats. Yeah. Well, bats died, and then was uh, came back as within the same issue a ghost. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that counts, um, but. I think that uh, Death of Inhumans uh, number two should just be uh, John Wick gunning for a box. <laughs> just like, kill my dog. It should be Miss Marvel, Marvel doing that, surely. Well, Sorry. when you combine the two issues, the two series together, this is the 50th issue of Miss Marvel. And what better way to celebrate such an achievement than have a good old-fashioned slumber party? Um, <laughs> if only the various duties and demands of being a superhero could allow for such a thing. A bunch of impromptu adventures and ordeals notwithstanding, Kamala and her buddies end up having a pretty good night. All from the creative team of Deep Breath, G. Willow Wilson, Nico Leone, Ian Herring, Saladin Ahmed, Gustavo Durante, Rainbow Rowell, Bob Quinn, oh, Hassan Mahaj, Elmo Bondock, Valero Shetik, Rachel Rosenberg, and Rochelle. Stephanie Hunt. Did, okay. um, did you happen to mean um, Eisner Award winning Saladin Ahmed? <laughs> oh, you know, I did. And I also meant to say Nebula Award winning G. Willow Wilson. Um, okay, we we need so, to we need to call it look, draw draw a line under it now because. <laughs> okay, Kamala has been campaigning her mom for weeks to allow her to have her friends over for a slumber party. The whole idea of friends sleeping over is kind of perplexing to Miss Khan, but she's finally agreed to let Kamala have her pals over. Everything is ready. The popcorn's been popped. There's chips. Pizza's on the way. Kamala has even set up her room with uh, these little Christmas tree lights to set the perfect mood. Her friends Nakia, Mike, and Zoe arrive, and they set right into gossiping and giggling. Along with having fun, Kamala is also hoping her pals can help her work through her confused and feeling and confused and anxious feelings over having kissed Kareem, or the Red Dagger, and her possibly having a crush or falling in love with Bruno. Mike is surprisingly okay with the fact that Kamala may have a crush on her former boyfriend, Bruno, 
Nakia is concerned that Kamala had done something so brash as to kiss a boy. Oh yeah, Zoe recently went out on a date, most likely with Alana, Neftali's sister introduced in the previous issue. All very cool stuff, but before they can get into all this important material, uh, they're, they're interrupted by a strange barking noise coming from the outside. Well, Kamala knows exactly what sort of animal makes that sort of noise, and she furtively sneaks out in her Miss Marvel guise to see what mischief Lockjaw has gotten into. Here, uh, now up to now, uh, uh, Miss, Miss Wilson and Mr. Leon and Mr. Herring have been doing the storytelling, and it's then handed over to Eisner Award-winning <laughs> Christian <laughs> uh, uh, Saladin Ahmed and Gustavo Durante uh, for a fun little jaunt in which Miss Marvel and Lockjaw try to rescue a kitten who also has teleporting powers. Uh, chasing this cat, and I need to know more about this cat immediately, but we don't get to know. Anyway, chasing this cat takes the trio all over the galaxy, but it isn't long before Miss Marvel realizes that Lockjaw and the kitten are just having fun chasing each other, and she has no time for such things. She's got a slumber party to get back to. She leaves Lockjaw and the teleporting space kitty to have their friend and return home to find that their mom is making samosas for her guests. Now, have you ever had a samosa? They're good. Oh, they're so good. Um, Yet before she can, before Kamala can join in and have a samosa, the doorbell rings. The pizzas have arrived. From here, the story is over. The story is taken over by Rainbow Rowell and Joe Quinn. Is it Joe? Uh, Joe Quinn. Bob. Bob Quinn. Um, okay. A young woman delivers the pizzas, and she's a rather irascible sort who becomes aggressively resentful when she finds out that she's delivering pizzas to a slumber party. And she smells terrible, like supernaturally bad. <laughs> Once again, donning her Miss Marvel duds, Kamala chases down the pizza delivery girl to investigate. It turns out that her name is Samantha. Like Miss Marvel, she is an inhuman who was transformed by way of exposure to the Terrigen Cloud. Rather than receiving neat super abilities, however, Samantha was was bespoke with skunk-like powers. Oh, she no. made the skunk funk. Skunk. Her hair has taken on a distinctively white Pepe Le Pew streak, and she emits <laughs> a terrible noxious order whenever she feels anxious, threatened, or even irritated. It's so all just about ruin every, every yeah. moment of people's lives. Right. She's a freshman in college, so she's about 18. And when I was 18, I was anxious, irritated, and nervous all the time. So I probably smell. Oh, wait a second. I did smell terrible. Never mind. Um, <laughs> I was about to say, if when, you, when you're 18, like, if you didn't have something to worry about, then then you got worried that you didn't have something to worry about. So I might have had human feet. Um, <laughs> Lovely. Yes. Rather than fighting, the two talk it out. Uh, Terrogenesis is a lot like adolescence. It's sort of a lottery and is no means fair. Some are endowed with cool, useful transformations like uh, being able to embiggen your body or fly or whatever, and others are saddled with unfortunate, almost debilitating transformations. It's not really all that different from the changes an adolescent has to contend with as they go through maturation. And although it's a bit random, um, that's just the way it goes. Um, you know, some of us become tall, slender, have flawless skins, whereas others have to deal with acne, super awkward growth spurts, or just smelling bad. Uh, neither Kamala nor Samantha, the skunk girl, can really go back to the lives they once had prior to generation 
But that doesn't mean they can't carve out new lines, make their own paths. Uh, Samantha has no interest in being a superhero, but that doesn't mean she cannot get along, get along, get help from people such as the Avengers or the Inhumans of New Adelan, and um, with time be trained uh, to use her odor-based powers, keep them suppressed, and do what she needs to do. So she says, oh, I'll definitely put you in contact with my friends in New Adelan, and they'll help you out. And uh, Samantha the Skunk Girl seems to feel a little bit better. Having solved that problem, Kamala returns to the party, yet it's not too long before another crisis arrives. She receives an emergency text alert from her champion teammate, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Well, it turns out that the villainous Arnim Zola has planned to poison the water supply of Manhattan, and Miles needs Kamala's shrinking abilities to help him break into the city's central pumping station and reroute the poison. This tale is told by the team of Hassan Nihaj and Elmo Bondak. And it's a pretty cool story where where Spider-Man and Miles get to sneak around the pumping station and do things and save the day. Do things and save the day. Right. Anyways, Miles seems to think that maybe he's gotten his hands on an Infinity Stone, the Mood Stone, which doesn't exist. There's no Mood Stone. I think he's just got a hold of it regular mood stone or a mood affecting stone, maybe the one the Mandarin used to have uh, on as part of his rings, whatever the case is, it's definitely had an effect on Miles, causing him to be much more forward and open about his thoughts and feelings. And it leads to him blurting out that he uh, thinks Miss Marvel is terrific and pretty and is all embarrassing. Miles does admit to being... Uh, <laughs> he does say that, it, that that being open is quite liberating, though, and this leads Kamala to realize that maybe it's time for her to lighten her load as well. Kamala finally makes it home, where Nakia, Zoe, and Mike have been patiently waiting for her. Kamala decides to come clean, and rather than concoct some lie to explain where, she be, where she's been, she tells them the truth that she's Miss Marvel... And they're all like, yeah, no, duh. Uh, they've all known. They've known for quite a while. Kamala hasn't exactly been proficient at hiding her secret identity, and it was pretty easy for her close friends to put two and two together. Even Gabe, Kamala's stepbrother, has already figured it out. <laughs> None of them have said anything, and they all figured that it was her business and that she would tell them when she was ready. And it's quite, it's quite a nice and cathartic relief for Kamala to share the secret that she has suppressed. Um, and she really is surprised to find that her friends are supportive at all of, it, of her. Um, they all hug, and it's really quite a sweet moment. And that's it for this fun, goofy romp of an issue, which was a total blast. Yeah, no, uh, it, it really was. Uh, I, I, like, I think I told you uh, not last episode, the episode before. This was the um, the first Miss Marvel book I actually got in physical book. Well, did you oh, get yeah. the? Uh, uh, the one with the uh, Stephanie Hans uh, uh, cover? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, uh, that's it's a beautiful cover. Mm. Well, her artwork is really great. Anyway, I, I got a commission from her um, uh, back last year for New York Comic Con. She did a Spider Woman for me, and I love it. 
I, I did yeah. get the um, the Buffy the Vampire Slaying uh, Slayer the Reckoning issue with her cover. That was pretty good. Well, I you know what I like about Marvel. this issue is uh, that although it's 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 kind of like a, a patchwork anthology with each side story, kind of just you know different artists and whatnot. It's not it's not like slapdash. I mean, it's uh, each each of these stories kind of encapsulate uh, one of the distinct qualities that has made this such a wonderful comic book in general. You know. But also with the, of, the Lockjaw story. Yeah, it kind of revisits it as well, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, because like, you know, some stories, are, some comics are like poignant or gritty or grim or lighthearted and funny. And some, few, manage to do all of those. And uh, those are the ones that are really special. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, that's what Ms. Marvel has done. And this sort of uh, birthday party of a, of, a, of, a, of an issue kind of shows off all of those various qualities uh, distilled into sort of side stories. Yep. 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 Kind of reminded me of the uh, Avengers issue where it was uh, Miles and, and Kamala writing their fan fiction. Yes, right. And all new, all different Avengers. Um, that was a good one, too. I dropped my I book. Love- I'm sorry, guys. No, it's okay. That was the only issue I actually ever picked up of it, and I and and Coulson was the moderator for. Yeah, that was a good issue. I love see, but I love issues like that where they do like little stories by different authors. I think um, Spider Gwen did it too, where a bunch of people just had one. I love stories. I love comic book issues like that just to see um, another uh, another author take that take the character for a page or two and just see what they do with them. I think that's always fun. Yes, I agree. Um, I, and you I, know, I, I, I love Miss Marvel. Like, I, it's just such a good book every month. But I think uh, this issue, issue, uh, well, issue fifty, issue thirty-one of the current uh, volume. Um, yeah, it was just such a nice sort of love letter to kind of what it's all been about ever since issue one, basically. And yeah, I, I hope it gets to seventy-five. I hope it gets to a hundred. Oh, it's, it will. You know, There's it, no it, way it won't. I mean. It, Kevin Feige has basically said they're already working up to Miss Marvel for the MCU. So you know, you just know they're not going to do anything with that book. They're going to keep that book going through that movie release. So Miss Kamala Khan is not going anywhere. Well, my heart skipped a beat a bit when I first read that uh, G. Willow Wilson will be writing uh, Wonder Woman over at DC. Because I was like, oh, no, does that mean she's going to stop with Miss Marvel? But fortunately, uh, I was assured that she is going to continue on Miss Marvel she as is. well. And apparently, though, that issue of Wonder Woman is probably the best issue of Wonder Woman that's been written in a while, is what I'm hearing. Well, she's uh, it's going to do a whole arc, right? Yeah, I think so. Cool. Yeah, that might be the uh, first DC book I actually pick up. That's not like, you know... So I, I've picked up like um, the Watchmen trade paperback and um, Scooby Apocalypse and Wacky Raceland. That's the only DC books I've bought. Uh, I was buying Green Lanterns until, um, what's his name? The very most recent author took over, and then he decided to bring a bunch of other Green Lanterns in and make it about the other Green Lanterns rather than um, Jessica and Simon. Jessica Cruz is my second favorite Jessica, and she is amazing. Um, But yeah, after, yeah, I was kind of upset that it was less Jessica and Simon and more guy and or whoever it was i was like you know that kind of annoys me so i stopped well and now it's adam in a in a couple in a month or two um they they'll they'll likely have the trade paperback out of uh 
um, of Tom King's Mr. Miracle Run, and I definitely recommend that. That is a stellar book. Yeah, I've I've heard that. Um, because I mean, I mean, it's one of those things I've never really got into DC because I've, I, I guess it's because I've never really known where to start. But um, mm-hmm. you know, where did I start with Marvel? Well, I started with the Avengers because it's something I really enjoyed. So. Right. Yeah, and funnily enough, well, they, I, I now read very little Avengers. <laughs> it's, well, DC reboots their continuity every four months, so you know, just start there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! Now, before before we wrap up on on this Marvel, I um I I want to kind of throw out a, a shout out to uh, its un sort of unheralded hero, which is definitely Ian Herring. Uh, who has colored every issue of every 50, all fifty issues of Miss Marvel, and has maintained uh, and has managed to maintain a very uh, distinct sense of continuity between all the different styles of the different artists, um, and uh, he he has really put his uh, all into this book, and um, and uh, I appreciate it greatly. Thank yeah. you, Ian Herring. Thank you. Yeah, it, it, it's super. I mean, this book is colorist, is... the young sung heroes of the comic book industry. Oh, yeah, it's hard work. I mean, I know it, it's done on computer now, but even that is super hard. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say. I mean, I, I, I briefly did kind of. Um, uh, it's not not quite the same, but it was kind of like using Photoshop to color in product design ideas and that sort of stuff, and get the shading right, and it's just a pain. Um, <laughs> yes. It's just yeah, I I don't have the patience for it. I don't have the patience to sit there and render with like coloring pencils, let alone you know an entire comic book. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's such a such, it's such a good book as well because all the colors are they they just work so well because they're all quite like pastely kind of muted colors. So yeah, he, it it's, it makes that continuity. So it doesn't matter if it's I mean it does matter, but it. it ma- if whether the, it's illustrated by Adrian Alfona or or Jacob Wyatt or Nico Leon, Herring is able to create that that consistency I, that I, it all kind of blends together. I think it helps that the artists are actually quite similar as well. Um, I think they do that though. They find artists that have have similar styles, yeah. and then they they which I think is great because it doesn't. Because when you have an artist that's really different from the previous artist, it really kind of throws you out of the book, I think. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Marvel have um, been burnt on that before, though, haven't they? Um, with previous books. So, where basically the artist changed, it was like, nope. Um, unfortunately, I think... Well, I think gonna... that, that was one of the things that, that really, that really kind of knocked the royals down a peg, yeah. was that uh, they had very different artists working on that book, and uh, it was it was jarring. I, I, I this is slightly off topic now from Miss Marvel, but are you reading Astonishing X Men, Doc? Astonishing X Men. Oh, uh, I I I've picked up an issue here or there. Yeah, because I mean that's now being taken over by uh, Matt Rosenberg. Uh, Burke, sorry, <laughs> Matt Rosenberg, even. Um, yeah, and it's also it's being drawn by Greg Land, unfortunately. Uh, that so, is unfortunate. So I, 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 I'm really, I'm hopeful that the book is going to carry on, but um, I, 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 
think that it might take a hit because of the artist? Well, I mean, I'm not, I, I know that, that Greg Land has his detractors. I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but I'm not also someone who hates his work. I think he does pretty decent panel composition. Um, all his characters kind of look the same, but uh, he, his, he, the books he works on sell pretty well. There, there's, there's just certain things he does I don't like, and I, I think you probably guess what those certain things are. <laughs> I don't really want to go into too much detail. But right? Okay, fine. Not anywho. Yeah. So between, uh, 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 we won't have time to get to it today, but there, uh, Miss Marvel number thirty-two has also come out, and that's terrific. Yeah, well, we, we, we discussed that in the last episode, actually. Yeah, we, oh, did, we did it a bit ass backwards because, yeah, we didn't want to do right. thirty-one without you, Doc. Oh, I appreciate that, uh, but that's a fun issue as well. Uh, yeah, it was, and it, it's the, sort of the start of well, it's kind of continuation of the other arc, but start of a new arc. So it's it's quite nice. Yeah. It's quite a it's quite an interesting book. Um, bringing back the uh, the classic Spider-Man villain. Um, the shocker. The shocker. <laughs> I, I know. I crack up too. I mean, it's, just, I, it's just that one line everyone... where it's just like you're you're uh, you know you're you're the one that gives Spider-Man headaches. Yeah. But uh, hey, he rules in Jersey. Yeah, he's invincible in Jersey. <laughs> oh, dear. oh shit! Excuse my language. No, that was a, that was that was a funny episode issue. And episode. I, I mean, I mean, we went through it. We. Uh... Yeah, we I think we had fun doing that episode. Uh, yes. <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean I the books at the moment for Inhumans. Actually, I'm actually surprised because I was, I think we said back in March or you know, it's a bit of a dull time for being an an Inhumans fan. But actually, we actually got quite a few books. Yeah, so we do. Marvel right. Rising, Death of Inhumans, Moon Girl, Miss Marvel, soon to have Moon like, Girl Karnak. also continues to be a delight. And I've noticed recently that a lot of the Fantastic Four readers and a lot of people saying about uh, Moon Girl is that they thought the book was for kids and blah, blah, blah. And they, they picked it up because of the, the Fantastic Four arc and they're like, wow, have I been missing out? So once again, guys. Well, yeah, there, there was, there was a couple of things, actually. Um I, I can't remember if I'd spoken about it the last time Doc was on an episode, because I mean, that's going back quite a few weeks now. <laughs> um, but I, I, I started reading Marvel 2 in 1 thing in Human Torch. Um, it's a good series. It is, it's really good. And I was like, I, I might have to buy this, because I was, I was reading it on, um, Unlimited. I was like, this is actually, ah. this is genuinely really good. So I was like, I might, I might go and pick up the trades at some point. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, if, if, uh, I mean, I, I've, I'm all for uh, Dan Slott writing Fantastic Four, but if it had not been him, uh, I think Chip Zdarsky would have been a fantastic choice. And uh, mm-hmm. um, are you guys... his book is continuing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't oh, know. and and circling back, uh, um, uh, Brendan Moncler put out a tweet saying that there is a Lunella meets Val Richards. Uh, yeah. uh, Story I saw coming that, yeah. down the pipe. Oh, that's awesome! Uh, I did not see that. Really? Oh, that, that has me excited. Down the hatches. So, so there was um, there was something that me and Saren were talking about, Doc, and uh, I'm hoping, hopefully, you're going to be on board with this. But um, are we going to review okay. Fantastic Four issue one when it comes out and continue it on? Um, yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, uh, it's. <laughs> 
It's, Tweet it's, us, guys. <laughs> do you want us to add Fantastic Four to our comments? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why don't we? Uh, why don't we put? We let let our our uh, dutiful listener dozens of <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I think um, we have more than you think we do. I, I, I think good. we do as well. I think, um, yeah. Uh, and, and we put a poll up on Adelaide Rising right now, so the poll will be up before oh. this episode airs. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, so we're gonna do that. Yeah. We'll let you. We'll let you go to sleep, Adam. It's, it must be four in the morning over there. Uh, it is. It is twenty to one a.m. in the morning. So, oh, and so I, that means I've been up for nineteen hours. Oh my god! You, you have the week off. I do. Yes, yeah, so I'm going to recover tomorrow. Um, <laughs> But another, another thing is—it's uh, uh, it's, again—it's not really related to Inhumans anymore. But have you guys ever seen the film Hot Fuzz? Yes. Yeah. What about you, Doc? Ages ago. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. My answer too. So, funnily enough, I—I um, I live about twenty-five miles from where it was filmed, and twelve. Ah, okay. And uh, twelve years after the movie was actually made, there, me and my friends decided to go and have a look around, and. Um, it's it's really lovely place, and it's uh, the t- the tour was so fun. So, so if anybody's interested in hot fuzz and uh, is in is in near the city of Wells, which is the Britain's smallest city, um, I highly recommend that too. It's been a busy weekend for me. Oh, yes, it has. hot fuzz! Uh, that's the same guy who did Shaun of the Dead and uh, World's End. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. The Cornetto trilogy. We, we we got a Cornetto while we, whilst we were there, so uh, <laughs> it was Woo-hoo. good. My favorite bit. My favorite bit in that movie is when uh, the police officer is is carding the boys at the at the pub, and he asks them, uh, <laughs> "When's, when's your, your birthday? When's your birthday? Twenty like, second of February. What year? Oh my god! Every year. Every year. <laughs> that was just such a funny line. I love uh, Okay, anyways. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening, uh, us. Please uh, vote in our poll. Um, actually, I should probably have lengthened that poll, but I'll put it up again. Um, yeah, after d- this delete episode it and restart. Come on. Come on, Sarah. Um, Come on. I know. I fail. Um, and if so, you're a big fan of the we'll Connor trilogy, eventually. send, so, us, send um, us more messages. <laughs> I don't know. Just, I hit us up. At, so and... get us at Rising one on Twitter, and we will see you oh. next time. Oh, yeah, and the email address <laughs> is the show at com. So please send us emails. We do read them. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Goodbye. All right. <laughs> I don't even know what I... <laughs>